Welcome to Red, White, and Brown, the podcast that discusses the interesting upbringing of Desi American immigrants and what happens when Eastern culture meets the Western world. I'm Prerak. And I'm Sophia. And we're both first-generation Desi Americans. Today, we're going to be doing an audience Q&A. Woo! And we're really excited to chat and let you guys know a bit more about ourselves. And you guys know us, but just for reference, before we jump into the questions, we are both third-year medical students at Yale, and I'm from Chicago, and my family is originally South Asian, mostly from Pakistan. And I'm from California, but I was born in Ahmedabad, India, and lived there for like the first six years of my life. Um, so now that we have that out of the way, we're ex- I'm really excited about these questions. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be really fun. So what's the first question, Sophia? Okay. So first one is, how do you handle stress and stay motivated in school slash life? So, yeah, I can start with that. Um, I'd say staying motivated is pretty easy for me, uh, primarily because I feel like I'm studying something that is my biggest passion. Like, I'm studying medicine and science. And if you really think about it, like, the machines in our body that do the things that they do. Like, there's a machine called, like, DNA helicase, which, like, unzips your entire DNA genetic code and, like, puts it back together, like, 50 times a day in each one of your cells, and there's a billion cells in your body. And I get to be the guy that studies that and how it can go wrong and lead to disease. And I find it, like, absolutely fascinating that that is, like, my one and only job. And so I think that kind of takes care of motivation for me. Um, But I think the broader answer there is just I'm in a place... And studying something that I absolutely love. And I think I'm blessed to, to be able to do that. And I don't think that's something that's, that's given. Yeah. Um, and in terms of handling stress, which I think was the second part of this, the, the question, I have a lot of outlets. So I kind of break stress down into like three ways to deal with it. One is creative. So I have a YouTube channel. Um, I also kind of stay active on Instagram. And then there's this podcast. By doing things like this, I feel like I actually separate out my life from the things that give me stress, which you know can be medicine, it can be um, a lot of the stuff we deal with in medicine. And that actually is the more stressful part of my life. But these creative outlets like YouTube and Instagram, when I'm able to go on them and talk about the things that I talk about, it really gives me a chance to express what's on my mind and mm-hmm. really just kind of step away and realize like, okay, like there's more to life than just this thing that's giving me stress. Mm-hmm. The second way I handle stress is actually through exercise. And I think, The reason I really like exercise, and specifically I'm a runner, is because I think exercise makes me realize that whatever stress it is that I'm going through is like manageable and will be overcome. Because one of the biggest things in like running is that you can always get better and that you can always do better times than you've had before. And whenever I run, I realize that. And whenever I run a good time, I'm like, holy cow, this is the fastest I've ever run. (laughs) And if I can run this fast, then like, I can take on anything (laughs) and that sounds cheesy but that's actually one of the best ways like (laughs) if I'm really stressed I go and run like six miles I come back I like kill it I like destroy whatever it is I'm doing and it's primarily (laughs) through that Um, that's awesome what about you how do you stay motivated and how do you like deal with stress yeah Um, so I think for me having a clear goal is always helpful just so you know what you're working towards and I think I've been lucky because I've always had that we both have just in the sense of like first the goal is like getting into a good university then Mm -hmm. medical school then like a residency program and like all of those things have pretty clear like guidelines on what you need to accomplish in order to achieve that goal it kind of becomes like a game at that point yeah yeah (laughs) it's like very clear you know it's like cut out for you like this is what you have to do um and so it's always been easy to have a really clear picture of the goal and like that has been motivating for me and i think 
especially in career fields where it's not necessarily as like stepwise as medicine, I think getting clarity on what the direct next step that you're trying to get to is um, is important and can help you stay motivated. Yeah, like for like example, like with entrepreneurship, I'm sure like it's really difficult to be like, what is the goal? Right. You can say like your goal is to create like the next Google, right? right? But like you really do have to bring it down into like these basic stepwise functions, which I yeah. think is easier in medicine. Mm-hmm. But, but like I think doing it in any career is actually a really good idea. Right, because I think it's very difficult for people when they don't know what they're working towards. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I think that's like kind of the motivation part of it for me. Um, and then the stress piece, I think like in general action sort of counters anxiety. So if something is like stressing me out, then I always need to not just think about it, but like take a concrete step um, and like do something that's going to alleviate some of the anxiety, whether that's like doing practice questions for an exam or like practicing out loud for an interview or um, you know, going for a run, like whatever is stressing me out, I have to take a step towards the solution. So then tell, give me a real example. So let's say I'm a student who has a gut-wrenching exam that I'm stressing out about tomorrow and you're in my shoes. How would you address that? Like, I guess I wouldn't waste time like complaining about it or stressing about it. I would just start doing practice problems. And like, I wouldn't be doing that the day before. I would be doing that well before. Um, so you have a lower threshold for stress, but I think I do agree. Like whenever I do something about it, I start realizing, hey, this isn't as bad. It's as- going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're stressed for an interview, like you just need to start practicing your answers out loud. Like sometimes I get stressed that I've been like eating really unhealthy and I'm like not exercising. And like the only way for me to make myself feel better is to exercise. That's good. Yeah. I and, agree like, with that. Yeah. 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 Like I can't just think about it or complain about it. Like I have to actually do something. Um, even like a, doing something really small, I feel like it it just like helps me deal with the anxiety. No, absolutely. So. I totally agree with you. Sometimes yeah. you build up this really big anxiety provoking task to be this three headed demon, and then yeah. you go and try to do it, and you're like, hey, that wasn't that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, like actually, one good example of that is like you know how we have to do the weekly simulation for. Uh, the, like the surgery rotation yes. that we're on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so for everyone, for context, Sophia and I are in surgery and like every week we have a simulation with a fake patient mm-hmm. where the patient has a diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> and we have and to figure it out. We have to figure it out. And so every week there's a team leader and that person is kind of in charge of the group. And so being the team leader really stresses me out. Okay. Um, and the very first week it was really hard for me because I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but the way that I made myself feel better about it was like I made a list of like, you know, all the labs we were going to order, mm-hmm. like all the, I don't know, just like the, questions. The tasks to ask. you want yeah. people to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I just like did a little bit of prep work and I felt a lot better. That's fantastic. Um, but like that was the only thing that made me feel better because like I was dreading it all week long. And, and, then, it, and that's a that's a big point because I feel like so many of the things that stress us out we don't want to do because they yeah. stress us out. Exactly. But that's, you're hitting on like a really good piece of advice, which is hit it on the head and like just attack it because I think otherwise you end up creating a positive loop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I only put like 15 minutes into like writing up a list of like labs to draw and like imaging to order. But mm-hmm. once I did that, I was like, okay, this is gonna be fine because I kind of know yeah what to do. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. So, okay, next question. Um, It's similar, but it's like a little bit more specific. And it's how do you stay motivated to go to the gym? Okay. 
I like this question. Uh, <laughs> primarily because I go to the gym every day, regardless of what happens. I give myself one rest day a week, but I've been in the hospital for the last 365 days and I have never missed a gym day for more than like once a week. Yeah. Uh, and the way I stay motivated is one, I ruptured my Achilles tendon the beginning of medical school. Mm -hmm. And since then I've had like on and off random health stuff. And the one thing I realized through all of it, and even learning from my parents and other people who've been sick, is you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you need to prioritize the things that are gonna help you take care of yourself. If you are consistently studying 23 hours a day, six days a week, and don't bother going to the gym, and suddenly come down with a horrible virus or a horrible flu, or you just get fat as hell, there's no way that you're gonna eventually be able to accomplish the goal that you're trying to accomplish. Because yeah. even though you worked really hard, you didn't take care of yourself. Um, and so that's actually one of my biggest reasons I go to the gym. It's not so much like, um, oh, I'm so good and I'm like de de dedicated. It's more realizing like I need to be taking care of myself. Physically, I need to be taking my care of myself biologically. And the gym is like the best way for me to do that. Yeah. It um, just sounds like for you, it's just another thing that you have to do, just like eating and showering. Exactly. And like, it's just part of like taking care of your body. Yeah, like you wouldn't like go to, go to the hospital without brushing your teeth. And so yeah. that's like kind of the same, same thing. It's like I wouldn't want to like finish the day without going to the gym because for mm -hmm. me that's just as important as brushing my teeth yeah. to a certain extent. Um, and I think like another thing my mom always tells me, hashtag mom advice, is like, you're gonna be studying your whole life. And mm -hmm. I think the reason this question got asked to me is like, people see that I go to the gym and they're like, don't you have so much other shit to do? Shouldn't you be studying? Mm -hmm. And like, my mama is always, actually my dad too, we're gonna be studying our whole life, especially you're in medicine, mm -hmm. but even if you're not, whatever it is you're doing, you're gonna be doing that for a long period of time. Yeah. So like to say that you're gonna push gym off for that thing is like a horrible argument, you know? It's yeah. like saying, I don't wanna to go to the gym because I wanna like sleep 12 more hours it's like you can sleep a lot but the time to go to the gym is like this one time a day and so to push it off for like work uh just sounds to be like a horrible economic decision because you're going to be working your whole life yeah no i i totally agree with you <laughs> yeah um what about you how do you stay motivated to go to the gym well um <laughs> i'm getting married and like seven months so that's a pretty big motivator that's a huge motivator um, so you should just everyone should just get married yes that's the, that's the solution <laughs> yes um but i think before before that it was just like look the 24 year old body that i'm in now is like the best it'll be like i'm not trying to be <laughs> negative but every day that goes by like you're not getting any younger you know and it's like brutal to say that it's all going to be downhill from here but it is all going to be done. But, like, my metabolism is not going to get faster than it is. It's only going to get slower, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that's not to say that I can't be healthy and in shape for many more years to come. Like, that's the plan, right? I want to be in shape for many, many more years. But, like... It starts today. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, like, I want to make the most of it and, like, be fit while I'm young. Because it's going to be a lot harder to get in shape when you're older. Like, it's easier to stay in shape than to get in shape. Yeah, just like the activation energy is harder to get to, but once you're already there, it's all downhill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just, I just, yeah, I want to do it now. So well, well, Sophia, you already hit on this, but you're getting married. So like, how? well, this is fun because this is the next question. <laughs> the question is, how do you put yourself out there? And I guess for you, it was, how did you meet people like your significant other? Yeah. And you should definitely answer this first. Yes, considering good, your, good segue. <laughs> your, your wedding is coming up. Yeah, so uh, for reference, I recently got engaged and 
I um, that was me <laughs> I met my fiance through mutual friends and honestly like it wasn't too hard because we have a pretty big friend circle like sort of within like this Muslim community in New York and like we just have a lot of mutual friends um, and I, I feel like if you have some sort of cultural or faith-based circle like that is always the best resource and I think like you know, people who go to church and stuff like that, like they will say the same thing. Mm. Like those sort of circles are a great resource for meeting people. Um, but if you don't have that, I think you kind of lean into like meeting friends of friends, like trying to be friendly and outgoing when you do meet new people. And like, honestly, don't think too hard about it. You know, like just add people on social media, make plans with people to hang out. Like even if you don't know them that well, you just have to kind of be open to getting to know people. Um, Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. And like, so I remember my friend Alia invited me to her birthday party when I was interning in New York. And like, I didn't really know her that well. Um, And I didn't know her friends. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go. Like, whatever. I don't care. Like, I want to meet people. It's going to be fun. Um, And it was at this like restaurant place that had open seating. And I like went and I just like walked right up to this group of people who were sitting down and I like introduced myself and I was like, hi, like I'm Sophia, can I sit with you guys? And like they said yes. Mm-hmm. And that was the night that I met Farzan. Um, who is your... Who is my fiance. Well, so here's the question though. Did you like see him from the corner of your eye and you're like, I like that guy. <laughs> and that's why you wanted to go sit there? That's the that's the question. Honestly, no. Like I <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I I wasn't really like thinking about it in that sort of way. I was just like, I'm gonna meet people and like whatever, be friendly. And like he didn't even talk to me that night, so Ooh, it's not yeah. on. <laughs> Um But it's just so funny because like none of my friends would like believe that I just walked up to a, you know a group of friends at like seven or eight people who are sitting and just like was like hi can I sit with you guys because like I'm pretty introverted you you're know? introverted as hell you wouldn't do that today I don't think <laughs> I know I know I'm like I'm still always so shocked when I think back I was like wow like I really put myself out there yeah Sophia does not do that yeah I don't I don't normally do that sort of thing but I was just like you know what like you know, you have to do that. You I have to, to put meet yourself. my fiance, so I need to do this. <laughs> I know. I put myself out there one time, and it paid off. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a good economic decision. That's, but, that's a sweet story. But you like have to do that. You have to put yourself out there, and like it's uncomfortable. It's always going to be uncomfortable. But that's the only way to like meet new people and like broaden your circle. Absolutely. Otherwise, like how are you ever going to meet new people and yeah. like you know find someone? Yeah, yeah. So, um, what do you think? So, I'm I'm not engaged for context here. <laughs> Sophia is engaged. I'm not even close to being engaged. But I think, so coming from someone who is not in a committed relationship, I think putting yourself out there is, like, tough. And this is, like, throwing it back to, like, the Sophia that walked up to this group of eight people three years ago. Yeah, it's hard. It's really tough, right? And especially, like, when you don't know anyone, you don't know what they're thinking of you. And especially for me, I struggle with confidence. I think that, like, makes it even worse because you care so much about, like, what do they think of me? Or, like, am I coming mm-hmm. across as, like, an asshole? Like, what's happening? Yeah. But I think it ultimately just comes down to realizing, like, you have to, like, just believe that you're a bomb-ass person. And, like, mm-hmm. if you believe that you're a bomb-ass person, not in the sense that you're a douchebag, but, like, just, like, a nice person who's doing things for the right reason, yeah. then it really doesn't matter what people think because you're staying true to yourself and that you're, like you're kind of just being who you are. Yeah. And if other people can't see that you're a bomb-ass person, it has to, like, just... It's their loss, and you can't think too much about it. Yeah. Um, 
And I think putting yourself out there again, it's Sophia, you got really lucky, like doing it once and like getting a fiance out of it. But <laughs> like, I think you have, you can do it hundreds of thousands of times. And, you know, maybe some of those times it goes really well and you meet like friends for your life. Mm-hmm. Other times it goes really poorly and people like don't like you that much. You know, yeah. you're going to get all of those responses. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you have to be okay with that because as you, as I said, like you have to be okay with who you are. Um, and eventually, hopefully, one day it will come where you walk up to a group of eight people and there's a guy just there yeah. that ends up being your fiance. <laughs> and so, yeah. I don't know. That's that's kind of my approach to it. And given that it seems like Sophia's agreeing with me, I'm assuming that it's it's positive. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, like, that's not to say that I've never, like, had people who didn't like me or, like, put myself out there and it didn't pay off. Because, like, that's, of course, going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, I think regardless of whether or not you're looking to, like, find a significant other just in general like that's it's always uncomfortable to like put yourself out there but that's just how it is you just have to do it but if you love yourself then it shouldn't be that big of a deal so love yourself everyone (laughs) (laughs) okay you're very very bollywood of you but what's what's the next question (laughs) okay so the next question is what field of medicine are you both interested in okay so i can start with that so Mm -hmm. i'm actually interested in internal medicine and so for everyone listening who doesn't know anything about medicine let me explain to you what internal medicine is i kind of like to summarize it as like internal organs of your body so medicine that's associated with the internal organs like so like your liver your kidneys um, your lungs your gi tract those are all internal organs and so an internal medicine doctor studies all of those organs very broadly and that's the specialty of internal medicine you can then subspecialize within internal medicine to specifically focus on one of those organs so like a cardiologist studies the heart after doing internal medicine. A GI doctor studies the GI tract after doing internal medicine. And a nephrologist will study the kidneys after doing internal medicine. Mm -hmm. But for right now, I'm thinking I'm probably gonna do internal medicine after medical school. And then maybe if the stars align, I may do cardiology, but I may also do oncology, which is uh, related to cancer. Or I may do GI. So I don't know, (laughs) clearly. Okay, cool. I didn't know you were interested in onc or GI. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. We'll see. Um, And then I am interested in pediatrics. And I wasn't really expecting it because I'm not the type of person who gets all excited when I see a kid out in the street (laughs) or like on an airplane or anything like that. Wait, wait. So is pediatrics just like the study of kids? Yes. Okay. For yes, Prerock already knows that you guys. He's okay. not. I'm he just... definitely knows that, <laughs> but he um, is asking for all of you guys out there who are not in the medical field. Yes. I, I just had to say that because, like, <laughs> if someone else is listening, they're going to be like, "This idiot, like, yeah. went through medical school and doesn't know what pediatrics yes. is." <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't really expecting to like it, but I really loved it. Loved the kids. Loved the parents. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next question, somewhat related to school as well. Um, it's how do you prepare for big exams? So I think the reason we both got this question is primarily like, I think we both probably did okay on exams. And that's yes. one of the reasons. Um, so I actually have a lot of videos on this. So I will link my YouTube channel in the description below to kind of show you a lot of the study strategies I use. But the short answer is active recall. I think a lot of students make the big mistake of like reading and never doing any practice problems. Yeah, like reading and highlighting yeah. or something. Or never really applying the knowledge or never really applying the facts. And I think the thing with big exams is you need to do practice. So you not only need to know the content, 
but you need to do the practice and the active recall. And so one of the tools that I use is called Anki. It's a spaced repetition algorithm where you make flashcards and you see those flashcards over a period of time such that you know you might see a flashcard one day and then afterwards you'll see it a week later and then you'll see it a month later. And by doing that flashcard over and over again, you increase long-term retention and but you increase like active recall. And then you supplement that with practice questions and that's pretty much my formula for exams. Um, and that's kind of how I'm approaching like the USMLE, which is the board exam for like medical doctors. Uh, to be an MD in the US, you need to pass. Uh, Sophia, what are you doing? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, and it's tough because like I never want to start doing practice questions until I'm like 100% sure that I've studied everything because I'm scared of like quote unquote wasting the questions. Mm -hmm. Like if I haven't learned the material yet and then I do the question, you wasted the question. You kind of wasted yeah. it. Um, but that's not true. Yeah, because like doing the questions helps you learn the material, helps you digest it. And like when you actually apply the material, I think you retain it for Absolutely. longer. So you should have some foundational understanding of the material. But I think questions are huge because questions show you what the test will actually be like. And so if you don't do any questions, you're not going to know what the test is like. And so even if you know the entire conceptual framework behind like, I don't know, any scientific concept but you don't know how the questions are going to be asked, you're going to do poorly on the test. So I would highly recommend making sure you do questions as well as understanding the material. Yes, exactly. Okay, so the next question um, is actually a question that Priyak received, and it's how do I stay in touch with Desi culture without being ashamed of it in front of my white friends? So do you want to answer first? Yeah, so this is a question from my sister. Love my sister. Aww. Uh, so she meant this in reference to like Garba, which is like a traditional Gujarati dance that mm -hmm. people do during Navratri. Um, and the reason she asked this is because she's like, how do I do this in front of like my friends who like think this looks like the chicken dance? Uh, <laughs> which is Aww. like a valid question I don't think she actually struggles with it because my sister has more confidence than I do but I'm sure she just figured that a lot of people have this question Yeah, uh, I think the answer to this is like owning the culture like being proud of whatever it is that you're bringing to the table is like of utmost importance because if you own it people will respect it and I think that's the case for not only like cultural things, but it's also the case for like, you know, when you're in a big group and you want to express an idea, the more confident you express that idea, I think the more like credibility it has. And I think the other issue is as immigrants, as Desi Americans, we kind of put our culture below America's culture because like we came here. So it feels like we should kind of live, let the American culture get the right of way and ours is just like an addendum which you know may have some merits, but at the end of the day, our culture is like one-sixth of the damn planet, if you think about it, <laughs> right? Like one-sixth of the entire planet is Daisy people. Mm -hmm. So we're actually blessing this country by showing them what <laughs> one-sixth of the world thinks is important, which is far more important than what 300 million people in America think is important. I'm not discrediting it. I'm saying that own it, right? Like a lot of people around the world do the stuff that we do. So by doing it here, we're just showing these people like, yo, this is like a thing uh -huh. and you should like learn to respect it because a large part of the planet does this. And even if yeah. it, a large part of the planet didn't, like it still deserves to be respected. But I think that's one of the ways I substantiate like, yo, this is my culture and a lot of people like it. So like you're cool if you like it. And if you don't like it, well, then just don't express any opinion about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you. I think being confident is like the key thing here because if you're ashamed of it, I feel like people will just like walk all over you and like look down on you. Yes. 
And, like, I just feel like that's kind of a part of human nature. Like, if you sense any weakness or, like... Well, it's the same thing in a group. The person who doesn't talk doesn't get hurt. <laughs> like, it's exactly. obvious. Yeah, yeah. And, like, people will walk all over you if they sense any sort of, like, shame or, like, embarrassment. And, like, it does depend on where you are. Um, I think just, like, culturally and, like, what environment you're in. But I think in general, it's important to have confidence. And, like, that can be in, like, even, like, the small things, you know? Like, pronouncing things correctly and not, like, pronouncing it in a way, like, for... You mean how pre-rock should be pronounced pre-rock, which I never do, which I agree. Like, it's <laughs> it's my bad, but I do agree. Like, being stingy about some of these things is very important. Yeah, but then, but I feel like to, like... You know, if you're going to just be confident about it, then you just, like, pronounce it how it is. And, like, that's you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. don't act weird about it. Yeah. Like, whether that's, like, saying, like, oh, do you want to get chai? Instead of, like, chai tea latte. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just have to be like, yeah, this is what it is. Absolutely. And, like, if someone thinks it's weird, like, that's their yeah, problem. Exactly. But, like, you have to be confident about it in your own self. And, like, that can even be, I don't know, like... That can be, like, wearing your culture's clothing, like... And not feeling weird about it. And not feeling weird about it. Like, I don't know. I personally think that, like, South Asian clothing is, like, the most beautiful clothing. Mm -hmm. Like, this American shit is just, like, (laughs) I I can't do it. Like, like a sari just looks so much better than, like, a a dress. dress. Like, it just does. Hashtag Sophia speaking truth. (laughs) It just does. Um, and you just have to like be confident in that because like you know Kendall Jenner was on the cover of Vogue like wearing a sari and like you know only after that I'm assuming people were like saris are so cool oh it's so cool and it's like no it was always cool and you know other people like our culture too and so you you know if other people are going to wear it like we should sure as hell be wearing it because that's that's us yeah I like it I like it that's that. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, so this question is, how do I teach my parents about what it means to be a Desi American, first generation, in America without offending them? And I think this is a phenomenal question. This is really Because I think it question. applies to a lot of people. Because sometimes, you know, let's say you tell your parents, yo, I'm going to go get promote tea at 10 p.m. and they're like get the hell out like you're not allowed to do that you yeah know? Like, this something that you thought was innocuous is actually offensive to them uh-huh. so how do you do that I don't know I mean I feel like it definitely depends on what your parents are like um and I know it's it's like different for everyone but I feel like for me part of it is like you know if I'm struggling with something that I'm like pretty open about it and like I don't know why, but this is the one example that's coming to mind is like when I was younger before my mom would let me like get my eyebrows done and like wax and stuff like, you know, kids are mean. They'd be like, you're hairy. Mm. And like, obviously now I'm grateful that I have like a nice head of hair and like thick (laughs) eyebrows and stuff. And like laser hair removal is like my best friend. Um, (laughs) But before that, like, yeah, I would just like complain to her. And like, then eventually she would like, let me do those things. Mm -hmm. But you kind of have to be a little bit open about like, you know, people are mean, like, especially when you're growing up, like kids are mean, you know, you know, they'd be like, oh, like your lunch smells bad. Like (laughs) all these things, like all these things that we've all gone through. Um, I feel like it's definitely like parents get it i think if you share that with them like no parent wants to see their kid like you know being taunted or stuff like that so 
Yeah, yeah, I totally think. I mean, you, that's a, such a good example. But I think another example is the lunch thing, too. I remember I used to throw my lunch away for like a good. Oh my God, me too. I used to throw it away for like years. Me too. Oh my God, I feel I like feel this so is a bad. part of like being like, first generation. Yes. Yeah, me people too. would be like, what do you have? And I just like have thrown it away already because I was like, I don't even want to do it. I don't want to eat this. Yeah. Um, and I remember this is like such a funny story. And. I hope my parents don't listen to this podcast, but um, I remember like one time, I think I'm, like my mom came to my school during lunch mm-hmm. and I didn't know she was there, but she like, I guess probably saw me like throw away the food she gave me. And I don't know why she was there. Like in retrospect, I feel like the teacher maybe told her like, oh, your daughter throws away her food every day. Like, does she have an eating disorder or something? Because like, oh. why else would she have come? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like now it's like all coming together for me. <laughs> but she came and she like got so mad at me. She was like, you like you're wasting food. Like you can't do that. And now like. I was like, yeah, you used to give me food that I was, like, embarrassed to, like, Yeah, but as out. a kid, you're not even mature enough to bring that up with your parents, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah. Guess, I guess this is for all the future first-generation Desi American parents <laughs> who, when you give food to your kid, maybe just, just think about it. Yeah, although I feel like times are changing so much. Like, I feel like nowadays, like... I don't know, like, American parents probably give their kids, like, all these cultural food items and stuff. <laughs> That's probably really true, no? yeah. <laughs> Oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah. And they're probably not throwing it away. That's no, the thing. they're not. They're not. Uh, but... Uh, like, <laughs> no, I think that's true. And I think being open is one. The other thing I used to do is just, like, start realize how, realizing how to play their game. So, mm-hmm. like, I remember, like, they wouldn't let me out. So what I'd be like, okay, how late can I stay out? It would be like 8. So then I would bargain with them like 8.15. And then eventually it would be like 8.30 the next <laughs> month. You know, like learn to play their game and realize like your parents are human and like they clearly have a place they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So if they don't say, you know, they don't agree to let you out at 11, like play their game. And that yeah. means like show them that you can stay out until 8.15. Show them that you can stay out 15 minutes later. Show them you can stay out another 15 minutes and, with, and eventually, I'm hoping most Indian parents and most Desi parents are pretty logical people. And they'd be like, you know, it seems like you're a responsible dude. So. <laughs> that is so funny because I never used to go out. Like, even 8.15, like, I never came home at 8.15 on a school day. No, no, no. This is like a Friday. I would not leave my house at 8.15 on a school day. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, still. But it's it's different for every family. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Okay. Sophia, what is a skill that you hope to learn? Like, that you haven't already, I'm assuming. So this is such a good question, because I feel like we kind of neglect, like, the other parts of our lives since we're in school. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, like, all about medicine. Um, But, yeah, there are other things that I still care about and, like, that I want to learn. And, like, I think one of the things is um, just, like, practicing the languages that I already speak more and, like, picking up a couple more. That's such a good one. Like, I love learning languages, and I've, like, studied you know, a few different languages in school, but now I'm not able to, like, keep up with them as much. So, mm. yeah. I think no, that's a really that's good one. one. And then the other thing that comes to mind is, like, I want to get better at writing. So I took writing lessons in the beginning of med school, but I wasn't really able to keep up with it. So mm. I would want to, I w- would want to get back to Do you that. journal? No. Oh, interesting. Not, not writing. So when you were saying writing... No, you... not writing. Oh. Writing. Like horseback riding. Oh! <laughs> Can you clarify that whole thing then? Because I totally oh, thought you God. meant riding. No, no, no. Horseback. <laughs> riding. Like R-I-D-I-N-G. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So. Interesting. You and horses. Who would have thought? <laughs> Do you journal? I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it seems like you like writing too, though, I will say. Okay. How about you? 
So a skill I hope to learn, um, I'd say like just self-awareness slash recognition. This is like probably something you can never truly master, but it's something that I like keep starting to do and then like fall off the wagon for. So like trying to actually meditate for like, you know, a long period of time and get to a point where it becomes second nature to me, like mm-hmm. almost exercising. I would love yeah. to do that just because I think like when I was meditating pretty regularly, it did feel like you know, it was opening up a lot more of these aspects of being present and being aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the reason I started doing that was because I really wanted to be like content with who I was. Mm-hmm. And I think we all like say that, like we all like, oh yeah, just be like happy with who you are and be like happy with what you have. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like it's very hard to live it. And I, it's like a big ass, but I would like to eventually get to it. Yeah. Um, one of the things I struggle the most with is like, learning to be truly okay with who I am and like stay in my lane and that's like so tough because anytime I like and this is all humans right like we see someone else and the natural instinct is to like compare ourselves to them Mm -hmm. when in reality I would love to just you know like live my life stay in my lane it's okay whatever everyone else is doing is phenomenal but that doesn't mean I have to change anything else about the way I'm doing my thing Um, and I think that's like a skill I want to do primarily through like meditating um, regularly at least like 20-30 minutes a day yeah, that's great. You used to, like, very consistently. Yeah, right? and I still do. I still meditate, like, maybe once once every two to three days. But okay. it's kind of fallen off the back burner, as I said. Like, it's just so hard to stick to it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, like, I wish one day there comes a day where it, like, becomes kind of like just brushing my teeth. Yeah. 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 That's a really good one. Um, what is the next... Well, actually, I know the next question, so I'll ask you. What is something you wish you would have told your past self now that you are who you are? <laughs> Um, and by past self, I'm assuming, like, anyone in the last... How old are you? Like, 25? 25, 25 years? Yeah, I'm 24, but whatever. <laughs> don't don't age me more than I, more than I am. Um, so I think I would probably tell my younger self to, like, keep doing what you're doing and, like, don't let the opinions of other people bother you. And it's, like... Again, easier said than done. It's, it's such a cliche. But I'm sure your parents did tell you that, though, didn't they? Yes, but I feel like you need to gain enough confidence in yourself before you can actually start doing this, Mm. if that makes sense. Like, I remember rushing a sorority in undergrad, and, like, I didn't get into the one I wanted, and, like, I wasn't that upset about it, but I, I just remember that I felt like the people who were judging me and, like, deciding whether they wanted me to, like, be in their sorority were not, like, better than me, if that made sense. Like... I was just like, yeah, like, you guys are nice and, like, whatever, good people. But I was just like, why did I let myself be in that position where, like, I gave them the power to, like, judge me when, Mm. like, they weren't any better than me, you know? Like, they weren't – it's, like, different when you're going for a job interview and, like, the person interviewing you is, like, more qualified and more senior and, like, they're evaluating your skills versus, like – I don't know, sometimes we put ourselves in these positions where, like, you're letting someone else judge you, but, like, why do you want to let someone else decide whether you're good enough? Like, you should just know that, like... You are. You are good enough. Yeah. Um, And so, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I think it's just important to, like, build that confidence in yourself and, like, just, like, literally don't care what other people think but I feel like that's something I've only been able to do recently and it's something as you said like even if you had told your younger self that I feel like your younger self would still have to like experience it you know like it yeah. takes it takes some of those like really big events for you to be like you know like screw this like I don't need these people or like this is so stupid and I yeah shouldn't. yeah or even for us like I think just like 
once you get to a certain point in your career, you're like, okay, like, I'm not stupid. Like, I've made it this far. <laughs> and you just build confidence by, I think, like, achieving things. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, the thing I would tell myself if I could go back in the past, and again, I don't think this would have made a difference. I still think I would have done exactly what I had done. Because I think, again, experiences talk, like, 30,000 times stronger than words do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I would say is, like, and my parents did tell me this. Like, you can't take care of yourself if you don't... I mean, you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned this earlier in the podcast, too. And it's just so real. And I think it's real in the sense, like, I feel like I neglected my own health in so many different ways. In college and maybe even my last year of high school because I was just so stressed mm-hmm. that, like, it was just not worth it. Like, I was, like, sleeping very little. And, like, even though I was getting, like, fine grades, my, like, social life was just complete crap. My mental health was down the drain. I was, like, probably, like, really, really depressed. And there's just so many things there that I'm, like, why did I do that? Like, you go back and you look at the math and it just doesn't add up. Like, you put yourself through hell and you say, like, what would the other, like, road would have looked like with, like, exercise and actually sleeping well? Maybe I would have gotten, like, crappier grades and maybe I would have gotten to a a worse med school but like I would take that gladly over like the amount I probably mentally suffered during that time um so I think that like motto is something that is one of the reasons I like exercise so much now and like why I totally have kind of overcompensated in the other direction because I've realized like 10-15 years down the line I'm not going to give a shit about like the test I failed or like that one time uh, an attending told me I was stupid I'm going to care much more about like I was able to exercise, I maintained my health, and I took care of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the most I could do for myself. As opposed to, like, I was working 23 hours a day and, like, neglected my family. And that would be something I wouldn't be proud of. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. That's really good. What I a, can't top that. So. What a good note to end on. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't top that. So we're going we're gonna to end it here. Is this our last episode of the season? Yes, it is. Oh. But luckily, we'll, we'll do another season, oh, obviously, okay. after this. Yeah. Um, but... You guys, please, if you like what we're doing, then rate, review, subscribe, screenshot this, share it on Instagram stories. When you rate this, you have to give it five stars. Actually, yeah. just give it whatever you think we deserve. No, which just, should be no give it five stars. <laughs> um, okay. And then, Thanks, Sophia. Yeah, share with friends. Uh, follow us on Instagram. It's at redwhitebrownpod. And tag yeah. us when you're listening to us because then we reshare it and we become friends with you. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, we'll be back with another season and hopefully yeah. uh, with bigger and better episodes. Yeah, but we can only do season two if you guys share this with friends and yes. stuff. So, yeah, bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>